Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. This is the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. We're your host over there is Mr. Ryan Bull. Howdy. I'm Richard Lusk. This is episode 181 of the Laugh Podcast. We're moving quickly through the year, just doubling down on movies and movie podcast shows. <laughs> this is an independent movie that we're v- reviewing for you guys this this week. I uh, I wasn't aware of it until you kind of threw it in my lap. Oh, I, I was very excited about this film when I first saw a trailer for it, and uh, I sent some emails out, and we were able to get a press screener of this film. The press screener is of My Blind Brother, written and directed by Sophie Goodhart. She's a Brit- British woman. She is? And this is her first movie. Yeah, I saw she had done the short of this film like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. With a different actor, right? Mm-hmm. Different actors than the ones that are in this movie, and the actors are Adam Scott, plays the blind brother of the title, but probably the main character is Nick Kroll, who plays Bill. The sighted brother. And uh, the two of them are engaged in a sort of weird, uh, dramatic iron, dramatically ironical uh, love triangle with Jenny Slate's Rose. And I I think I saw that Sophia Goodhart had this short that you talked about, but it wasn't a full-length feature film until she added in, I think, an extra screenplay. (laughs) That whole story about a woman who has lost her husband or her fiance mm-hmm. and uh the story of the blind, the the sibling rivalry of the uh blind brother those two stories combined to make this one wondrous thing yeah so, nice little independent film uh i wanted to ask you about the universal nature of the movie itself because i noticed immediately that there there were very few, if any, cell phones. Although the characters acted and behaved like real people do today in 2016. And there was no real reference to a town or a city or a state even. Oh, they're in Ohio. They they do reference that. At do one they? Point. Ohio? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then they... <laughs> I thought they were... Oh, Ohio's they important to these Okay, films. I didn't know that. Because we're going to reference some other stuff. Well, it's not important to Sophie Goodhart, who's a British woman. So I think... I thought she was doing sort of a semi-autobiographical um, retelling of the universal right. story of sibling rivalry. But you, you say that... Ohio's important. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I guess you're going to get into that. Cause, oh, yeah. So you don't, you don't feel that it's... You, you feel it's dependent upon its scene? Or setting? Because I was thinking it's independent of its setting. It, it exists as its own thing, sort of. I mean, it, it can play other spots if you just watch this movie on its own. Hmm. Sure, and, and I don't think time period is terribly well nailed down, and I do think that's an advantage of the film. All right, so, so. basic plot uh, from, uh, well, I guess I got this off of, I don't know where, Rotten Tomatoes maybe. It's not IMDb, but because uh, IMDb's was a little bit spoilery. This one tells the story of Bill, who has lived in his uh, shadow, the shadow of his overachieving brother Robbie, who happens to be an arrogant athlete and s- local semi-celebrity. And after years of thanklessly helping Robbie achieve one goal after another, 
He finally catches a break when he meets the charming Rose, who is dealing with her own crisis. And then a love triangle ensues <laughs> for some reason. Oh, because you have to have a film about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a dramedy, I guess, yeah. would fit be the category. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read a whole lot about this film yet because I kind of wanted to go in dry to it and unknowledgeable. Well, uh, what does dramedy, does that not convey like the the romance part of it? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's the romance. romance. I mean, there's some funny scenes, I think, in here, but there's also drama. And that that seems to be the world that uh, lead actor Nick Kroll has been working in in a lot of these smaller independent films that I've been watching over the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. And I've really come to enjoy his work as an actor. I think he's really funny and he grows on you the the more you watch of him. He's like a moldy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that surprised me about him is that I'd never seen him be this serious in a row. Yeah. Like I, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff. I know he was in Parks and Rec or something. Mm-hmm. And um we recently watched a movie independent movie that he was in called Joshi. Yeah. Which I think he was involved in the production of that as well. I but, believe so, yeah. Um again another story about you know misspent youth or relationships or you know, like in, interpersonal relationships among a group of um i don't know semi middle-aged yeah 30 somethings yeah. that really haven't settled down into suburbanites yet yeah it's a it's a weird uh uh sub genre not sub genre but i was thinking like this weird demographic for movies you don't really have many movies that are targeted to that specific group they seem to be a little bit older tend a little bit younger which is i think why i like it so much because there aren't a whole lot of filmmakers my age i'm only 32 i don't think there are a whole lot of movies trying to talk about the experience of your early 30s Mm -hmm. and and kind of that how you move on with your life the jesus age yeah so i that's one of the things i really liked about this film you know I, i like the dilemmas and you know dealing with a brother where there's some excessive baggage with it, mm-hmm. I, I thought was really interesting. And Adam Scott, I normally don't care for him a whole lot. Uh, I started to come around on him last year when you had us watch the Overnight. <laughs> I had you watch that. Yeah, that was that was on. It was on a, one of your lists of films that you were looking forward okay. to. Not not a great film, but he <laughs> has some moments in, in there. It was filmed in Adam Carolla's house. Yeah, that's the only reason. In this film, he's hilarious, and he manages to play a very arrogant jerk while still being kind of likable. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene where he's swimming, and Jenny Slate yells to him, You're doing great. He goes, I know. <laughs> it, he manages to walk that fine line. Of uh, arrogance and likability? Yeah, you know, he can be a jerk at times, but he never goes too far overboard with it. And... I'm under the impression a lot of this movie was improvised. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty heavily scripted. Really? I mean, I I think they knew where they had to get in and out of scenes, but I thought it was a lot like Joshi, where there was some improv, where they were improvising some of the scenes. From what I understand, she worked really hard on this script, okay. and uh, she was happy when she got to the set and, and realized that all of these people knew each other and they had a, sort of a shorthand in terms of their interactions as actors and they knew how to go in certain directions. But I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that it was 
pretty heavily scripted and there's like a joy to these independent filmmakers when they see the words <laughs> blossoming on you know on stage or on camera or whatever so but you might be right i mean these guys have known each other and jenny slate is also involved in that sort of group of people that um they they know each other's strengths and weaknesses and they can i i suppose wait a beat and a half before something happens there's a scene on the on the couch it takes place on the couch where because the person's blind he doesn't really understand what's going on around him mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very visual scene, but it's also nuanced, and it has they 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 play on several, um, I, I don't know, sort of uh, visual gags. Yeah, those gags are there. But there's also it seems like it's it's pretty well choreographed, and uh, I mean it pays off in that sense. So I think having that uh, opportunity to work with people day to day, or you know, in other projects, and knowing where they're headed certain directions would allow you to do uh, some maybe not pure improv like i think you said josh he was but well josh i mean it was still fairly scripted i mean there was a script Mm -hmm. to it but these are really talented actors and there's a whole group of them this whole generation uh like we said adam scott nick kroll jenny slade in this film uh people like joel McHale, mike baburb Burbidlia, Burbidlia, Burbidlia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That uh, Jason Manzukis, Allison Brie, like really talented people. Uh, probably Thomas Middleditch is one of the most well known because he's on Silicon Valley and he's kind of blowing up lately. Yeah, but even those guys are all well. They're the all friends. They know that. each other and they work on a lot of projects with each other because they kind of came in this generation that got out of film school and, you know, acting school right on the cusp of the YouTube internet uh-huh. where, okay, if, if you're not getting hired right away for some project, go and make something of your own mm-hmm. and put it out there. You know, uh, the funnier die kind of stuff that you see on college humor. It's probably the most uh, impressive thing about this. And, and impressive is, I mean, that's a loaded term, I guess. I mean, for me, it's enjoyable to think about the idea that talented people can get together and create something for a relatively small budget and be entertaining and tell a story that uh, I guess moves people emotionally. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for where people feel sad and sorry and empathetic. And at the end that they're all moved emotionally. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know. That doesn't happen to me. <laughs> There's a lot of that catharsis. In this movie. Is that what you're looking no, for? No, I think I'm thinking more of uh, I don't know. Redemption. And, uh, for whatever reason, my my brain is fried on this point. I think the main point is though that people like this can get together, have an idea, have a script, work together to create something, and then put it out there where we can consume it at uh you know our own rate it doesn't have to be forced on us by some studio or uh by you know some network when you're talking about tv and this is a film that got released video on demand you can watch it direct tv variety of streaming services i think it's out on hulu and voodoo and all those use news so i think it's a film people will discover yeah i mean it might show up on uh hbo eventually and then it's gotten some pretty positive buzz. Critics like these kinds of movies. I like these films. I, I was going to say a commonality between all those actors that you mentioned. I don't think any of them have appeared in superhero movies. 
Uh, yeah, probably not. So they're not in like really mainstreamy movies. Maybe with the exception of Joel McHale, he might have appeared in something. Yeah, more mainstream. Uh, Thomas Middleditch is starting to become more and more popular. Yeah, I was thinking he might show up somewhere as like a scarecrow or something yeah. in a movie. Uh, but I guess for me, the the best part of the movie is just sitting down and relaxing and watching it and being mildly amused and not having to. I you know I tend to overanalyze these mm-hmm. movies and nitpick and stuff like that and there's plenty that you could with this but there's no real reason to because it's just just kind of telling a story and conveying it in you know pretty straightforward fashion but it's still enjoyable to watch it's enjoyable to watch i think for me jenny slate was the star of the movie she's great reminds me a lot of uh students that i've had in the past that i like and they just seem to have a, a quality that's endearing and uh, they're likable and you you kind of feel for them. You see what they're going through. Uh, and, I mean, one example is uh, Miss C. Levy, the voice of the podcast that opens the show. She She reminds me a lot of this Jenny Slate character. And because of that, same thing happened with me and um, me, Earl, and Dying Girl. That girl reminded me of a student that I've had. So there's at least some personal connection. And I think that there's an every man quality or an every woman quality to a lot of these guys, these actors and actresses that you've mentioned that make that connection with audiences. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Jenny Slate, I think is a wonderful actress, very funny. I don't see mainstream Hollywood giving her a whole lot of chances to headline a, a film, which is a shame. And like you said, she does have that likability quality. I mean, almost the girl next door, you do feel like you know people like this. Yeah. They, they seem real. Sometimes the leading ladies in Hollywood films, they, they just seem like a, um, a mirage, you know, not like anyone you would ever run into in right. real life. Too packaged. Yeah. And, and pat and put together. Not that, I mean, she's an attractive woman. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's unattractive about her except this character may there she might have some unattractive qualities uh and i don't know if that's by design probably Mm -hmm. by design in in the plot of the movie i mean nevertheless uh i can highly recommend the movie and i think that that surprised you when i told you how much i liked it i'm glad because uh you weren't as big on joshi which is one of my favorite films of the year yeah i know you had that way up in yeah that just that that hit me uh right between the eyes and a couple years ago i talked about adult beginners another nick roll film also with rose byrne and bobby cannavale Mm -hmm. really like that film and that's another smaller budget you know just simple story trying to get through your 30s uh i think this is a small budget movie but i'm not sure exactly what it is i know that she said she couldn't make the movie sophie turner couldn't make the movie or sorry sophie goodhart couldn't make the movie for what she wanted to or that she couldn't make the movie that she wanted to make because it was too expensive uh because of the water scene so like she couldn't make it for half a million dollars she mm-hmm. had to make it for a little bit more than that and i don't know exactly what it was but i wouldn't have thought that it just that water scene at the end of the movie would have made that much of a difference in terms of shooting. Water's expensive to shoot on. I mean, all the equipment you need. And Water's then um, matching shots. Mm-hmm. 
is much more difficult because you don't just have the sky you have to match. You also have to match the water and the reflection. Yeah, and if you're not doing any uh, post-correction stuff with CG, and mm-hmm. um, I can see where that can be difficult. But it just surprised me that she waited this long to make the movie that she wanted to make mm-hmm. uh, because of the production costs associated with it when it is an independent, low-budget movie. Yeah, I'm interested to see what she does next. <laughs> She's an interesting person, I think, to listen to. Just be like her attitude about things. I don't. I don't think that anyone in her family has watched this movie, <laughs> except maybe her sister. She said that her sister has um, cerebral palsy, and her parents would treat her and her sister differently, even when they were doing the same thing, like laying around on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like they're laying around on the couch. The girl with the cerebral palsy is like, oh, she's at least she's doing something. The other girl's laying around the couch and they're like, oh, you're a lazy POS. <laughs> and so some of that sibling rivalry that, that plays an important theme in this movie is, uh, I guess, like I said, autobiographical. Yeah, I think I can relate in some aspects to it. Um, I have my brother has some issues, some health issues. So I. I wouldn't tell my parents about this film and be like, you know, I really like it because I think they would misunderstand aspects of it. <laughs> I, I, I have a very good relationship with my brother. But, but they're going to watch, are they going to listen to the Laugh Podcast? I don't know if they'll listen to this one. They, they hmm. listen to them as kind of a hodgepodge. All right, so they might want you. But, I mean, the, the parent bits were kind of funny in there. And, and parents always say they love all their children equally. But right. They have different ways of showing it. <laughs> right. Uh... So, no, I, I, yeah, I really liked it. It's uh, available video on demand, like we said. Um, it might make my list at the end of the year of films that I really enjoyed. There might be some key things I can pull out in a Laffy's segment. I was thinking of the, uh, like, some, some of the key lines that they have in between, like, it may be throwaway lines, you could call them, um, leading into scenes or as part of scenes that aren't really big key moments, but they're, small and slight and they made me laugh like thoughtful laughter like ha not they're not designed for laughter but they're the kinds of things that i would laugh at the humor is fairly dark as you can imagine i'd like to see adam scott come back and play robbie in some other film he doesn't need to be with his brother i just like this character that he plays and kind of the jerk you kind of like the old blind jerky character or maybe not old but blind jerky guys yeah, I, I kind of like the guy who's got a disability and is a little bit of a jerk. I mean, I always love the show House. Right. So, you, you know, you get to push that line. Is if, it okay? If you if you had to have a disability. If I had? Yeah, would, it, would you? Uh, no sense you, of smell. <laughs> you already have that. Yeah, my sense of smell is already pretty bad. I, I don't think I'd want to be blind. Yeah, I think that would be the worst one. I mean, probably, I mean, it wouldn't be good not... Not to have, like, to be in a wheelchair. That that would kind of suck. Yeah, quadriplegic I, and stuff I think like I'd that. Rather do, I think I'd rather have that than being being oh. blind. I, I would assume to you losing your hearing wouldn't be a big deal because you already watch movies with subtitles. What? <laughs> what did you say? I have selective hearing anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. That wouldn't matter as much to me. My uncle lost his sense of smell when he got hit over the head with a tree. Really? Yeah, and it also affects your sense of taste. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. So he can't taste anything. Anything? Not really. Like like really, really salty food can 
You can taste that, but I don't think his brothers are jealous of him because of it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> be, but I don't know. Uh, good film. Hopefully, it comes out on Redbox so I can mention it again as a Redbox pick. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come out. I'm, gr- I'm going to find ways to talk about this and to talk about Josh. You know, I'm still a little upset we never did a review of that. At, at some point, I'm going to be like, oh my God, my blind brother again. Yeah. I'm going to be as, just as uh, annoyed as uh, as Bill is with Robbie in the movie. <laughs> uh, do you think all of it works if it were just like a jealousy thing without the disability? No, I, I do think the disability adds that extra layer of intrigue. There's something about Robbie though that and Nick. I, there, I was thinking there might not be he he might not be jerky enough at oh. times. Like a different movie would go in different directions with some of his behaviors. They would like go way. Will Ferrell playing this yeah. role would go way over the top because there is a freedom associated with him a lot. I'm blind. I can do what I want. Uh, yeah, but. By only making him slightly flawed, it, I think it makes him more interesting. Plus, all the other characters have flaws. You know, Nick Roll is a little bit of a loser. He works at a Xerox uh, store, right. and you know, Jenny Slate has feelings of guilt that you know makes her stay with men that she probably shouldn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure that there was enough of Bill that was likable. There wasn't enough of Bill that was likable for me to uh, to believe that Jenny Slate had just fallen in love with him. He's Nick Kroll. He grows know, on you. He's not that. Yeah. I know. That's how I felt when I watched Adult Beginners. And now, after three films, I think the guy's <laughs> You're in awesome. Love with him. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't seem. It, that part of it didn't seem genuine enough. He, Maybe the movie wasn't long enough. He's the voice that. of a generation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You just like him because of the beard. Beards are strong. All men should <laughs> have a beard. Uh. All right. You should be able, if your primary career fails, to be able to go off and be a lumberjack and have the proper beard from day one for that job. Fall back on the beard. Mm-hmm. All right. Fall back on your lumberjacking. Adam Scott doesn't have a beard, though. Yeah, he's a jerk. Well, he doesn't need a beard. <laughs> he's a jerk. That's how you he can doesn't tell. need a beard. He's blind. Do you know any jerks who have beards? Yeah. I mean, other I than the one. one you're looking at. I know one. All right. All right. That's my blind brother. Yep. So the next episode, I guess, will be a We Laugh, or are we going to go right into Magnificent Seven? We can go into Magnificent Seven if you want. I mean, we had promised to do a review of that uh, blind brother kind of fell in our lap, and we're very uh, thankful for a Game of Screener copy of that. We are pleased to recommend it, I think. I'd like to know what you have to think about it, viewer or listener. If uh, If you have seen the movie, give us a call out on the Facebook at the Laugh Podcast Wait a minute. How does this work? You can email us at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook. or like us on Facebook. Slash yep. the Laugh Podcast. Yeah. And then we're at uh, on Twitter at the Laugh Podcast at twitter.com. So <laughs> I don't feel think that's to, how it works. You can't. I think you go to Twitter and you and you follow us on Twitter. Pretty sure people can just use their phones. All right. They got an app for that now. There are apps. Yeah. All right. That's good. I, I'm not aware of the apps, all of the apps out there. So for uh, Mr. Bull over there. It's been a pleasure. Pox at Bonham, everybody. There be dragons. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. 
Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. 